This is the Francis Tibbles Show with your host, Francis Tibbles. Good morning. Ow, good morning, everybody. How are you on this fine, beautiful day? Oh, spring has sprung. Last night it was 72 out, and I was like, oh my god. Oh, I mean, you could just smell it in the air, the heat. Oh, it was like these passions I hadn't known I had just were coming up and out of my throat. The fire and the fierceness that is in life. You know, that you can care. And so I was like, you know, I was just out driving, you know. And... You know, sometimes I have to go to the shop, and no, I'm not going to the coffee shop. I was was going to get a new coffee maker, and 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 I saw, you know, I was going down this road. It's a very pretty road. The way that I try to drive, I don't choose roads that are the quickest. I choose roads that are the most scenic. Because I feel like if I were to die tomorrow, would I want my mental inventory to be filled with lists of the quickest ways to get places? Or do I want my mental inventory, you know, to have been filled with, like, the most beautiful things? Because you you spend time in beautiful places and it gives you beautiful thoughts. I mean, people like to think, oh, that guy's a genius, and oh, how did he do that? But really, we are just these equations walking around. And you feed, you know, feed the equation a set of numbers, and, you know, you're going to get a certain output. Like, for example, that that guy from um, Crazy Town, um... You know, that, that guy who sings the uh, Mark LeGraff. He was that singer guy. Made those songs. Uh, I just want to fly. Uh, uh, you know. Right? So he was in that. Well, you know, he's... And, and now he's, you know, on the Celebrity Apprentice. You know, trying to be a project manager. And being all like, okay, let's dress up like pirates. Let's do this and that, you know. But really... People are like, oh, how did you go from being, you know, this tattooed guy with this certain street cred, which I completely argue against even the concept of street cred, um, but, but now you're, you know, some, uh, you know, Brooks Brothers douchebag, you know, and I'm just all like, I mean, honestly, I'm like, yeah, I, um, he was a douchebag to begin with, but, but what it really is, is we are equations, and his life, up to then, fed the equation in a way that the output was a uh, slippery rock star. And now he's been, his life is a, is a, his life is being a slippery rock star, that's been feeding whatever his equation is, and the output is, you know, pirate costume project manager. It's real simple. So I was driving down this, you know, beautiful road, going to get a coffee maker. 
and you know, I was looking at the trees, and uh, there were all pe- sorts of people out walking their dogs, and it wasn't a, uh, like, oh, I have to walk the dog, or, uh, oh, well, look, I'm so healthy, I'm walking the dog. It was like a, people were just out, you know, it was the first warm day, and I really started hating myself. <laughs> and I started thinking about how... This whole life we've created, this, this, um, you know, with this internet, um, with these sense of humors, you know, especially irony, um, you know, always wanting to outdo the last person, and that part's alright, but really, like, just all, we've added all these layers, and maybe this was what it was like for people the first time, you know, the idea of books were created, and it was like, you know, holy shit, no matter what you're doing, you're carrying around some sort of future thing, you know. But really what I'm trying to say, ah, oh, I'm doing such a poor job explaining. I'm driving, I'm looking at the trees, I'm thinking about when I was a child and how I would have spent hours sitting out next to those trees and just, you know, just would have thought about what the different branches looked like and I would have been blinking back and forth and maybe I'd dig in the dirt with a stick and find out which stick was better for digging in and, you know, I'd pick up grass and I would drop it in the air and I would sit on my butt and sit, sit in different ways you know, maybe try to climb a tree, figure out I'm bad at that because I'm such a fat child. <laughs> what started to piss me off is I was like, I can't do that. All I'm thinking about is, oh, I can't wait to post about that on Facebook. I wonder what I can do right now that makes a worthy enough, like, advertisement, you know, for my show or some other garbage. So really what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, don't buy coffee makers. Yeah. Uh, really, my, my producer's waving me on. Uh, <laughs> and um, so I got to tell you about the show. Uh, sorry, I ran a little long there. I think you get the impression that I'm making. You know, I'm like one of those impressionistic painters. You know, look at my, look at my brushes. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll go on. Um, but really, like, you know, like, it's like, oh, you get a sense of feel. Oh, okay, um, the show we have um, great musical numbers set up. We have uh, Hennessy Youngman. He's got those videos that are storming the intertubes right now, all about art history and how to get your your artwork shown. Hilarious yet apt. All right, you get that. It's hilarious yet very accurate and informative. This is Jeff Jeffers' aftermath illustration appearance. I mean, last picture show. Well, thank you, Francis. Um, I like how my little featurette's now turning to be a a feature on your show. Um, Your producer asked me to bump it up and put a classical movie in there as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, is there a problem with my microphone? Just say. All right, is is that better? (laughs) Is that Water for Elephants. Water for Elephants is an upcoming 2011 drama film based on writing lessons novel of the same name. 
directed by the Pussycat Dolls, featuring Snoop Dogg, Buttons Music Video, and starring Twilight as Jacob Janowski. Walk the Line as Marilena, and Inglorious Bastards as August. The West Wing will play the older Jacob Jakowski. As a young man, the Twilight Saga New Moon was tossed by fate onto a rickety train that was home to the Benzini Brothers' most spectacular show on Earth. It was the early part of the Great Depression, and for Evening Shade, now 90, the circus world he remembers was both his salvation and a living hell. A veterinary student just shy of a degree, he was put in charge of caring for the circus menagerie. It was there that he met Legally Blonde too, Red, White, and Blonde, the beautiful equestrian star married to the Green Hornet, the charismatic but twisted animal trainer. And he met Operation Dumbo Drop, an untrainable elephant, and the only hope for his third-rate traveling show. Other cast members include... The Polar Express as Walter. The Boy in the Striped Pajamas as Camel. Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman as Blackie. Tron, Legacy as Rosie's Caretaker. The Devil's Rejects as Earl. And the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford as Charlie O'Brien. I recommend it. This week's classic pick is the 1974 film The Paper Chase. The Paper Chase is a 1974 film starring The Last Picture Show, The Bionic Woman, and Citizen Kane. It's directed by Alfred Hitchcock Presents, based on The Only Thing I've Done Wrong's 1970 novel. The Paper Chase, the film, tells the story of Hart a first-year law student at Harvard Law School, and his experiences with Professor War of the Worlds, the brilliant, demanding contracts instructor whom he both idealizes and finds incredibly intimidating. Expecting only the basic pressures of attending Harvard Law School, a serious, hard-working student, an American girl, Krista Stands Strong, a recent graduate of the University of Minnesota, finds himself the fearful adversary of the school's most imperious sardonic contracts professor, the Cradle Will Rock. Their relationship grows even more complex when the young man discovers that the woman he is dating is the professor's daughter, the Rockford Files, L.A. Confidential, Harry and the Hendersons, and the First Wife's Club co-stars as other law students. I recommend it. All right, thank you, Jeff Jeffers. All right, here we go. We've got the first song lined up. It's Matt Lateral. You remember him from last week? He was the reason that you just died last week, and you're like, oh my god, I understand why I, why I love music. Here it is, Matt Lateral with his new single called Potty Song. Yeah. 
She's a really sexy robot. She's a really sexy android. She's a really sexy um thing, and she's sexy like a newborn kitten, like a thing that you like. Got the muscles in the fat in the right places, 'cause she's a robot and can put muscles on. Like you strap on things, and and you strap on other things, and you're like, oh my gosh, she's sexy. It's Olivia. The Robo Code. What's up, bitches? It's Olivia in the house. Oh, we've got Olivia here. Very controversial. The corporations have been trying to shut her down. Sue her. Please, Thank Olivia. Thank you, Francis, for allowing me this venue to perform. Anytime, I can My get you. My latest work highlights the degradation of the news industry mm-hmm. and the commercialization mm-hmm. of the food industry to the point mm-hmm. of ubiquity. What does that mean? Basically, we are living in a terrible world. <laughs> okay. This is called Golden Treasure Shrimp. R O S E M E A D, California, Panda Express. The nation's leader in Asian dining experiences unveils its newest entree, Golden Treasure Shrimp. Made from a delectable combination of tastes, the dish is created with crispy tempura shrimp, red and green bell peppers waktos and panda's zesty, new citrus sauce. To celebrate this delicious entree, Panda Express is celebrating on March 9th with free Golden Treasure Shrimp Day. Guests who cannot wait to try the new Andre can head to their local Panda Express on March 2nd when Golden Treasure Shrimp makes its nationwide debut. Golden Treasure Shrimp will delight those who seek new and exciting flavors, said Andy Cow, executive chef for Panda Express. During market tests across the country, Golden Treasure Shrimp received rave reviews. Even higher than those for our famous honey walnut shrimp. To commemorate the launch of this delectable new dish and to thank our loyal guests, Panda Express is offering a free single-serving entree of Golden Treasure Shrimp on March 9, 2011. By simply liking Panda Express on Facebook. Fans can download the exclusive coupon to indulge in the exotic tastes of golden treasure shrimp. Oh, thank you, Olivia. Your poems provocative as usual. Very good. Very good. Coming up next is Hennessy Youngman. You may know him from his art thoughts, internet videos, sweeping the globe. He's described as basically an Ollie G with an MFA, according to、uh, some art magazine. But check it out, and we've got some exclusive tracks. How y'all doing, internet? Welcome back to the Alabaster Alcove. My name is Hennessy Youngman, aka the Pharaoh Hennessy. A.K.A. the Rohome Raconteur. Today I want to talk about this 
artistic practice, this theory within the arts known as relational aesthetics, um, created by the French science fiction author Nicolas Boreal. Did I pronounce that right? Basically, relational aesthetics is when someone with an MFA wants to meet new people, but because they spent all that time pursuing an MFA, they don't know how to talk to people normally, and they got really poor social skills. Um, and they can't find no other way to meet new people other than forcing them into odd activities at their own poorly attended art openings. Um, oh, Hennessy, it's good to see you here. Um, I hear you've got some ill raps to share with us. What? What is that? Oh, goddamn, my producer. What is it? What is it? Oh, the microphone? Oh, sorry, the area mic. Does this not work? Well, thank you, Hennessy Youngman. Now, oh, my producer's like, oh, hurry up, hurry up. Oh, don't worry about it. These people who are listening, they're in no hurry. Are you now? Uh, uh, okay. So, like, here's what, here's what I was trying to say. I'm not, I'm going to take my time. I've got stuff to say. No, I don't need any notes. So what you just heard was a bit of rap, a little bit of a little bit of um, you know, stuff about relational aesthetics, you know. And people often say, "Oh, I love the Francis Tibbles show because you are an interjection of you know literature and you know the arts." And and other people will say, "Oh, you know, I like the Francis Tibbles show." 
but you often talk about how you're, you know, an injection of literature in the arts, but I never hear any literature or the arts in it. And um, to all of you uh, jerks out there, I'd like to tell you about our first installment. We are doing um, what's going to be a major thing here. We are doing a literature corner. So everyone, please gather around. Come up here. Yeah, yeah. Come up. Even we've got some children. Come up on stage. Here, here sit around. Yes. All right. Now, please, please, please. Oh, no. Mind where you're going. Sit. Sit. Shh. All right, uh, for those of you listening on the radio, we've got about 500 children. All just eager eyes ready for this. All right, bring up the storyteller. The Adventures of Pinocchio by C. Colati, the pseudonym of Carlo Lorenzini, translated from the Italian by Carol Della Celsa. Everyone gather around, you know, let's all sit. Yeah, there. Okay. Okay. How it happened that Mastro Cherry, a carpenter, found a piece of wood that wept and laughed like a child. Centuries ago there lived a king, my little readers will say immediately. No, children, you are mistaken. Once upon a time there was a piece of wood. It was not an expensive piece of wood, far from it, just a common block of firewood, one of those thick, solid logs that are put on the fire in winter to make cold rooms cozy and warm. I do not know how this really happened, yet the fact remains that one fine day this piece of wood found itself in the shop of an old carpenter. His real name was Mastro Antonio, but everyone called him Mastro Cherry for the tip of his nose was so round and red and shiny that it looked like a ripe cherry. As soon as he saw that piece of wood, Mastro Cherry said, was filled with joy. Rubbing his hands together happily, he mumbled half to himself, This has come in a nick of time. I shall use it to make a leg of a table. He grasped the hatchet quickly to peel off the bark and shape the wood. But as soon as he was about to give the first blow, he stood still with arm uplifted, for he had heard a wee little voice say in a beseeching tone, Please be careful. Do not hit me so hard. What a look of surprise shone on Master Cherry's face. His funny face became still funnier. He turned frightened eyes about the room to find out where that wee little voice had come from. And he saw no one. He looked under the bench. No one. He peeped inside the closet. No one. He searched among the shavings. No one. He opened the door to look up and down the street. Still no one. Oh, I see. He then said, laughing and scratching his wig. It can easily be seen that I only thought I heard the tiny voice say the words. Well, 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 to work once more. He struck a most solemn blow upon the piece of wood. Oh, oh, you hurt, cried the same faraway little voice. Master Cherry grew dumb. His eyes popped out of his head. 
His mouth opened wide, and his tongue hanged down on his chin. As soon as he regained the use of his senses, he said, trembling and stuttering from fright, Where did that voice come from? When there was no one around, might it be that this piece of wood has learned to weep and cry like a child? I can hardly believe it. Here it is, a piece of common firewood, good only to burn in the stove, the same as any other. Yet might someone be hidden in it? If so, the worse for him. I'll fix him. With these words, he grabbed the log with both hands and started to knock it about unmercifully. He threw it on the floor, against the walls of the room, and even up into the ceiling. He listened for the tiny voice to moan and cry. He waited two minutes. Nothing. Five minutes. Nothing. Ten minutes. Nothing. Oh, I see, he said trying bravely to laugh and ruffle up his wig with his hand. It can easily be seen I only imagined I heard the tiny voice. Well, 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 to work once more. The poor fellow was scared half to death, so he tried to sing a gay song in order to gain courage. He set aside the hatchet and picked up the plane to make the wood smooth and even. But as he drew it to and fro... He heard the same tiny voice. This time it giggled as it spoke. Oh, stop that! Oh, stop that! <laughs> you tickled my stomach! This time poor Mastro Celli fell as if shot. When he opened his eyes, he found himself sitting on the floor. His face had changed. Fright has turned his tip of his nose from red to deepest purple. The end of chapter one. Oh, excellent work. Oh, I want to thank uh, Matt Laderall. I want to thank Olivia the Robot Poet. I want to thank Hennessy Youngman. I want to thank Jeff Jeffers with his movie reviews. And uh, what's-his-name with reading Pinocchio, which turns out to be a much more creepy book than I thought it was. Um, you know, uh, look up Matt Laderall on the Google, uh, mattladerall.com, Hennessy Youngman on the YouTube. You know, he's at 20,000 views. Let's kick that up to 100,000. I want to thank everyone out here today, especially the studio audience. Uh, all right, I'm Francis Tibbles. See you later. Thank you for calling JoelLooters.com. Wait, what was that? Blum, blum. <laughs>